So today is Dav Kuflamid Dalid, and we are going to take it from the top of the page, the second line of Kuflamid Dalid, Loi Shachak Me Erev Shabbos. Okay, so uh, if they forgot to, if they did not grind the medication, which it says common, which it sounds like cumin, apparently that has some curative properties. Um, they didn't grind it up uh, in Erev Shabbos, so you're supposed to chew it, and then you can apply it onto the place of the Mila as the medication. So, you, in other words, try to do it with Hashinui. So, The things that we don't let you transgress Shabbos for the needs for Mila, but on Yom Tif, you would be allowed to do them. Okay? Um, what do we mean? Shokin la, come on, you can actually grind up the cumin. The idea being is because on um, the uh, that's like that, that that's that's something that you're allowed to do for ochel nefesh because cumin is a food item. So even though on Shabbos we don't let you do it in the regular way, we make you chew it, but here you can grind it in the regular way on yamtif. You could also scramble up the wine and oil together to apply to the makamila. So the Rav Yosef Sabai said to Rav Yosef, I understand cumin. You could use it to flavor your food. And the idea is, is that it's important to understand that even by yamtif, you're only allowed to do things, and we're going to get more into this topic in today's daf. You're only allowed to do things that are that are food related, that are better when you do it that day. Like it comes out, it's fresher, it tastes better. So then it's something that is allowed. So freshly ground spices is is, is actually fresher, it tastes better. So that's an, uh, that falls into the category of ochel nefesh. So once I'm already already allowed to grind freshly the cumin on yamtif, so it's chazi lekadera. So therefore, I'm allowed to do it also for the Wound. Now, Yain Bishemen, Chazinami, Bishabis, Lechola. So the question is, is that the wine and the oil, it's also useful even on Shabbos for a sick person. Titania, because the Brysa says, In Tarfin Yain Bishemen, Lechola, Bishabis. You're not allowed to scramble, mix up well the wine and oil for a sick person on Shabbos. And I'm Rishemen Alazim, Rishemen Rameir, Aftarfin Yain Bishemen. That actually you could, okay? So we are saying in the name of Rav Meir that even even Torfenyan Vishaman you could do. So and Amr Bshimalaz, Rab Shimalazar, you know, furthermore says, Pamachas, one time, Khash Rameir Bimeyev. Rameir was having severe stomach aches. O Bikshanu Litro Floyain Vishaman, and apparently an application of wine and oil on the stomach would help. We tried doing that, Nachnu, and he wouldn't let us do it. So the Talmidim, so he said, so we, the Talmidim said to him, "How can you? I mean, you say it's permitted. How should we negate your own words in your life? And you know, when it comes to you." So Amar Lano. So this is a, shows you the tzitkis of Rabbi Meir. So Amar Lano, he said to us, "Af al Even though it's true, I say. That you can, and my friends, the other Chachamim say not. Miyamai, 
ever, forever, meaning always, I never allowed myself to override my friend's statements. But, but they, if they paskin that, uh, that I can't do it, so I'm more not to do it. Um, so that's the story. So what do you see? Let's point this out. Who knew? The Gemara speaks it out. Who knew? That's his own personal Chumrah. But he's saying that Torfin Yain Vashemen is something that you could do even on Shabbos for a Chola. So, surely we should be allowed to do it on Yom Tif. Okay? Um, so, basically, so... Um, so that's what we're saying. So bias trying to say is that, um, okay. So the Gemara says hasam lo boy. The Gemara explains there's a difference. Hasam lo boy licha. For the stomach problem, you don't really need to mix it um, very well. Meaning, um, really like a real full, well, very well whisked. Okay, over here, you do need to mix it really well. And therefore, since, since for the, this wound, it needs to be very well mixed, it's, uh, it's more similar to the gzeir of shrika samamanim, that would be like the whole, that on the prohibition of all medication, and that's why you wouldn't be allowed to do it on Yom Tif. So the Gemara says, Hachanami nevet so what's the problem? Let's do it in a, in a, we'll mix it, but we won't mix it very well. So Gemara says, uh, meaning on Shabbos. So Gemara says, That's exactly what we mean. What we're allowed to do on Shabbos is we don't do it all together, but you do one and the other, meaning that it's not very well. It is mixed together, actually. It's just not wi- really whipped together very well. And that's the difference. So basically, um, so basically, so the, the, again, so just to understand what went on over here. So the original question was, is that our Mishnah, the Chaura, is Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir is saying over there that you should be allowed to do it on Shabbos. So why in the Mishnah did we say that you're not allowed to do it on Shabbos? That's the Gemara's question. And on that, the Gemara answers is that even though it's going like Rabbi Meir, but, and, um, but, but there's two levels that even a mayor is molded to. In other words, when it's really well mixed, that he has a problem with as well. And that's why over here he says you just have to make, you can't mix it very well, just lightly. And, the, that was the, and that's the difference, and that's the shot why we're going with Romer. And yet, there's some cases in Shabbos are allowed, and some not, depending on how well mixed it needs to be. Okay. Brings us to the next thing. Tanra banan, ain misanenin es hachardal. You're not allowed to. Misanen um, is to sift through the the mustard. Okay, so there's a process where they used to run the mustard through a, a sieve um, to clarify it, to purify it. Okay, so you're not allowed to do that. Ain misanen es hachardal misanen shelo with its special sieve. Another thing we used to do with the mustard is they would, it, it, you know, the mustard is actually, the mustard seed is sharp, 
So they used to put it on the coals to, to sweeten it. So you also don't do that. Those are the two things that we can't do. Okay? And um, right now we're talking about even on Yom Tif. So the question is, why on Yom Tif shouldn't you be allowed to do this? This is for flavoring the food. Amrlah, Bailer of Yosef. How is this different than that which we learned in the Mishnah? You're allowed to put an egg into this sifter of the, of the, that's used for the mustard. So why is that allowed and this not allowed? What's the difference? There's a difference. By the egg, when you put it through the sifter of the, the, this uh, very, it's a pretty fine sifter, even though you're putting the egg through, it actually, although it clarifies the egg, but the egg is actually able to pass through completely. So it didn't really leave anything behind, so it doesn't look like you're, you're separating the bad from the good. Okay? As opposed to, by the, by the mustard, it actually does do that. Okay? Um, okay, it actually separates. Okay, so that's the difference between the egg and the mustard itself. Now, um... Um, so we mentioned the second halacha that you're not allowed to sweeten it, uh, sweeten it on a coal. Fatanya, the bride says, It's another bride that says that you are allowed to do so on Yom Tif. So what's the answer? It's a contradiction. It's not difficult. Depends on what type of coal. Is it a metal coal? Meaning it was a red hot piece of metal. That's basically like a coal, almost. And if you sweeten it with that, that's perfectly legal. And because when you put the mustard on the on the coal, it actually turns it into a uh, it, it turns it um, puts out the coal, which makes it uh, finishing it off to being a coal. So Amr the Rav Yosef, what do you mean? We, this is Yamtaf we're talking about. You're allowed to actually take directly on the coal. And you could put a slab of meat directly on the coal, and it'll roast the meat on the coal on Yom Tov itself. Even though it puts out the coal and it makes it into a finished coal, we're allowed to do that. So what's the difference? Because it, you know, you're allowed to have, obviously, oh, so what's the difference? On relay is the difference. Hasam over there by a meat, the meat on the coal, low Efsher, there's no way to do it before, and it'll be as tasty. Okay, so in other words, Anybody who had a barbecue, they know that uh, you cannot compare uh, a freshly barbecued piece, uh, piece of meat to a barbecue from the previous day. It's, even if you heat it up, it's just not the same. It's, there's something that's different and better and tastier on the barbecue of that day. So therefore, there's no way to make the meat, the roasted meat that from the barbecue as tasty um, if I did it the previous day. So there's no possibility. Over here, the sweetening of the mustard is just as good if it happened yesterday or today. It didn't have to be happening now, so therefore it's possible to do it before, then there's no hetar of ochel nefesh because there's no advantage of doing it on Yom Tov. Now, I'm going to of Yosef. This is fascinating fascinating topic that we're getting into here. So Abayi says to Rav Yosef, what about making cheese on Yom Tif itself? I want to curdle some cheese on Yom Tif. So I'm really you're not allowed to do, so, do that. 
So he says, Maishna Milisha, how is it different than kneading dough? I'm allowed to do that, right? I'm allowed to take flour and water and mix it and it becomes a new product and becomes dough and I bake it off and that's perfectly legal to do that on, on Yom Tif. Why is that different? How is that different than making cheese? Um, it's a big difference. Hasam lo efsher. Hacha efsher. Cheese, you could do it the day before. There was no reason to do it now today on Shabbos. On Yom Tif, rather. But as opposed to baking the bread the day before, it's not going to be as good as the fresh bread. And Nardai says that, that one day old cheese, I mean, the, the, day of, the day you make the cheese is, is, is good. So he says, It's not better. It's also good. It's not better. The only hetter to do it on Yantiv is if it's improved by doing it on Yantiv, then you're allowed to do it on Yantiv. But if it's actually not going to be improved by doing it on Yantiv, so then you're really not allowed to do it on Yantiv. This is a very relevant halacha. People don't realize. They just think that they could do whatever they want on Yom Tif. It actually is not so simple. There are certain things that are, uh, that are just as good, if not better, when it's done in advance, then you really shouldn't be doing it on Yom Tif. So that's an important thing to, re- to, bring, to bear in mind when it comes practical halacha for what you're allowed to do on Yom Tif. Okay, next topic. So we mentioned in the Mishnah, Ein Osen Lechaluk, which is apparently a type of a type of sheath that they put on top of the makamila to protect the wound. So you're not allowed to make one from scratch. Now Amr Abai, Amr Liyeh, my mom told me. Now it's important to know, Abai never actually knew his mother. His mother was uh, died in childbirth with Abai. He never met his father or mother actually. He was raised by others, and, his, and there's a mother that raised him. He calls her his mother, but actually she was uh, clearly, as we see from today's daf, she was a, a pediatrician par excellence. She was a professional doctor, and she was an expert in all areas of health. So, Amrli A, my mom told me, Hi, Chalop Dianuka, this sheath that you put on for the baby, for the makamila, the panya, the citra, you need to turn the, <coughs> the, the seam to the outside. And the reason why you can't have the seam on the inside, normally <coughs> you always, you know, all our shirts, the seam is on the inside because it doesn't look as nice on the outside. You fold it under, that's what you do normally. But for this sheath, you need to have it inside out in a sense. Um, you want the seam on the outside. Why? Dilma Midbik Garda because with the wound, it's blood, it's sticky, and there's threads that are loose threads on the area of the seam. And if you uh, have the seam on the inside, the thread may get stuck on the wound, and it could actually cut the area of the, of the gid, of the, of the makamila, and cause him to, to basically become wounded that he won't be able to have children. So that is why you need to do it this way. Ime Dabai of the Kistata Liplanya, Lipalga. She made this um, this cover for halfway. And um, so basically what that means is is that for half of the Mila, meaning there was this cover that she made out of garment that would um, inside the chaluk and it was she she sewed it on the inside 
inside the garment and it, it went below until the half the I don't know exactly how to describe it but basically the idea is is that if she made like a lining to make a separation between the the, the seam and the makamamila so like this way it would be protecting the makamamila basically the same concern Amar by Hainuka de Leslie Haluk. Um, basically, if you have a baby where you don't have, uh, 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 you, you know, you, we don't have this option. So, in other words, we don't we don't have this sheath to put on. So, what do we have? What else can we do? So, Lysi Belisa, the Isle Sifsa. So, we take a little worn out garment, basically, um, and uh, basically that has a lip. To, you know, like the fold of the garment. Um, and then basically you put the, the lip uh, to the bottom and flip it to the top. So basically what you're doing is you're, again, keeping the, uh, the hem part um, to the outside. And this way, uh, basically, um, it's going to make sure that there's no loose threads on the area where the wound is. Next thing, says, my mom told me, Sometimes you have a baby where on the backside you actually can't find the area where it excre- uh, where the excrement comes from because it's just uh, the it's like the skin is is looks like just a flat skin like there's no place there. So obviously it's there, but it's like the folds are so tight that you really can't see it. So what do you do? Um, so here's what you do. Okay, um, so the shayfi mishcha. First, what you do is you rub the backside with oil, so it, it shine, it creates a shine, and it actually makes it easier to see. Finally, and then hold it during you know in front of the sun, basically. So the sun shining on it, you'll notice um, a line. Uh, so basically. Wherever you see it, like a cl- cl- something clearer, it looks different. It's shining in one spot. It'll actually be uh, in that in that area. So you tear it open with the with basically a uh, with a barley um, a barley seed, which has when it has the chaff on it, it's actually sharp, and you could actually cut it open. In order to get it open, but don't use anything metal. because that actually can cause wounds, and it's not worth it to use. You know, you need you need to use something other than metal. Another thing my mom told me: If you have a baby that's not able to suck, his sucking mechanism is not working. So maker de carpume. The problem is, is that the mouth is too cold. And it can't, you know, so that it's not functioning properly. So my what's the way to fix that? Lesu kasu gomri, you bring a cup, a kasu gomri, velinkete ladi pume. Basically, a cup filled with uh, coal that basically that's heated up from, you know, that that's very hot. Bring it near the mouth, the chayim pume, and that'll cause the mouth to warm up, omayitz, and then it'll be able to suck better. Amar baya. Bai says, furthermore, Amrli my mom told me, Hayinuka, Dilo Manchete, if you have a baby that's not breathing, so how do you get it to breathe? You got it, so it's not starting to breathe. 
linfefe bin afasa. You take a bellows and blow open with the bellows the uh, lungs. The lungs just didn't get going yet. So that's what you need to sort of get them going, fill them up a manchete, and that'll get them to breathe. Amr Abayi says, furthermore, Amr my mom told me, if you have a baby, the, um, so um, that basically you, 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 it just doesn't seem to be breathing properly. It's very, very shallow breaths. So you take the afterbirth of the mother, and rub it on the body, and then it'll take deeper breath. Okay, so that's the solution. By another statement, my mom told me, if there's a baby that's too small, you bring the, uh, the placenta of the mother, and rub it on the baby, there's a narrow section of the placenta, and then a wider section, so it's going from small to big, and it's sort of like a simon, to like get to, that should the small one should grow bigger. The element if the baby's too big, may omalakotana do the other way around that it shouldn't be too big. another thing, the sumak. If you have a baby that looks very red, the skin, that's the reason is is because the blood didn't really get absorbed properly. So litrichu lay do not do the mila right away. Add the ivla beidam until the color uh, restores to normal. Then you do the mila. The yarak, if the baby looks very green, and the, that, that's because the blood isn't, um, didn't produce properly the amount of blood. So also, you have to wait until the blood is actually in, you know, uh, sufficient blood. And then you do the mila, Afterwards, so those are two scenarios where it would be appropriate to wait to do the mila until it things settle down, and this is very common. We we do this practically alacha. Many times there are babies that are born born jaundice, and they they because of that danger they wait to do the mila till later. The Tanya and this is brought down in a price. I'm Rabbi Nassim. Rabbi Nassim says pamachas halachti lekarchiyam. One time I went to uh, one of the islands in the ocean. And there was a lady that came before me. She did Mila to her first son, and the baby died. And then the second son also died. And now the brought, she brought the third child, and she's like, I'm scared to do Mila. I saw that the baby was very red. So I told her, Wait. Wait till the blood gets absorbed in properly. So she waited until the blood got absorbed. And then, after the calm down, after that happened, then she did the milo also. And he lived. And then they named the child after me, because um, they were so appreciative for saving the child's life, basically. There was another time, I went to this place called Kapotkaya. The funny, and a woman came before me, So the first and second son died. She brought the third son before me. I saw the son, that he was very green. I noticed that the, the, the blood's not in the skin yet. It didn't like uh, come out yet. 
Samarti la, so I told her there's a problem here. Amtini la achi yipol bodoma. Wait till the blood is, you know, is, is more apparent in the skin, and then and then do it. Amtina lo, she waited, umalos, and then she did the mila, the chayan, then he lived. While you current up shemo, nothing abavli al shemi, and they called nothing abavli on my name. So that's again, there's two little nothing abavlis walking around, all thanks to the big nothing abavli who. Um, who saved their lives, basically. All right, which brings us to Ahmed Bey's, and we'll take it from the Mishnah at the top of the page. Mishnah, Marchitin es katan your ladder, wash the katan, bein lefnei hamila, whether before the mila, bein l'achra mila, or after the mila, or mezalfin alav biyad avalobikli, but when you pour the water, you don't, Wash the baby directly. You use your hand to pour, not, um, not a utensil. Now, Rabbi Lozab ben Azari Omer, Machitzin es hakatan biyomashlishi. We'll explain that in the Gemara. You do it even on the third day. Shechalus b'Shabbos. If the third day of the from the mila comes out on Shabbos, so you can also do the washing of the baby on that day. Shenemer the pasuk says va'iba yomashlishi. It was on the third day. Biyosam ko'avim when they were in pain. Um, so you see, it's like a, basically a, a, a hint to that idea that uh, the third day, you're still, in, you're still at risk. Okay, and the last halacha is, you're not allowed to be Mechal Shabbos to do the Mila for a Suffolk or an Androgynous. Rabbi Yudah Matar Androgynous, says that you actually are. We'll see, what, we'll get to that soon. That's really tomorrow's stuff. So the first question is this, that we just seem to have contradicted ourselves. On the one hand, Vahamrit Reisha, you said in the beginning, Marchitzen, that you are allowed to bathe, the, the, wash the baby. And then a minute later, you say, which sounds like that you're not really washing it in the regular way. So what's the deal? So Rav Yehuda, Rabbi Baravua, they both answer, that it's actually a, a explaining you are allowed to wash the baby before or after the mila. Kate said, what do I mean? With you do it in this abnormal way, but not otherwise. With the utensil. That is the answer of Rav Yehuda and Rabbi Baravu. Amar So says, that doesn't really read very well. That doesn't fit into the word Marchitzin. Marchitzin sounds like regular washing. So you're saying that we explain what we mean by washing, we mean Mizalfin. That's not the way you just say it. So El Amar argues, and he says, this is what it's saying. Marchitzin is a katan. You wash the katan. When is that? On day one. When the day of the mila. Kedarko, that's in the regular, normal way. But if it's already only the third day, which is a lot less of a concern, Shechalus B'Shabbos, and the third day comes out on Shabbos, then you do a shino, you don't do a full washing. Use your hands, with, sprinkle the water with your fingers, you know, like you pick up the water with your hand and let it drip on. With the utensil, you're doing it in an abnormal way. <clears throat> Uh, one second, I skipped a line. Um, that's what he says. Rebbe Lazar 
Ben Azaria, Omer, Reb Ben Azaria says, Marchitzen is katam yom ashlishi in the regular way. That's what he understands, Reb Ben Azaria. Shechalios b'Shabbos, et shenem ravi b'yom ashlishi b'yosom kofim. Okay, that's how it indicates. In other words, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah says that the third day is just as much of a sakana as day one, and therefore you would be allowed to do it um, in the same manner. That's basically how Rava, Rava explains the Mishnah. Now, Tanya Kabbasi the Rava, there's a Brisa that actually explicitly learns exactly as Rava explains. Here's the Brisa. You're allowed to wash the cotton before meal or after meal. Be on day one, get in the regular way. When the third day comes out on a Shabbos, then you do it by hand. And Rabbi Lazarus is saying, "Omer Machitzin is a cotton be on a shlishi shechalus b'Shabbos." Even though you could do a full regular rechitza, even though I don't have a proof that you should be allowed to. Zechaladavar, a hint, there certainly is. As we know in the story with Shechem, when do some more. Hopefully, this works. Okay. All right. Anyway, so the. Okay, so basically, that's the Bryce is saying exactly how Rava interprets the Mishnah. Okay, that Rabbi Lazbun adds on that the third day is also a risk. Because as the, there's a hint to the fact that in the place of Shechem, that uh, they were in pain on day three. So you see that the, the day three is painful. Okay. Um, now, when, when you do a ziluf, you don't use a cup or a platter, or utensil, rather you use your hands. Okay. Which is basically um, that line is going like the Tanakama, who basically says that you can only do a ziluf on day three, not a full fledged one. Okay, my afal pishen raylatover. So the Gemara is curious. What do you mean? Even though there's no proof to it, zechelatover. There's a hint to it. The answer is mishum degadol lo salik bisra high, and katan salik salik be bisra high. The reason is is that there's a, a basically a little bit of a difference between. An adult and a child. The child, an adult, doesn't heal quickly. It, it's not a the children's healing factor is a lot quicker. A lot things move faster. As opposed to adults, they can have a cut for a much longer time. So therefore, the fact that they were all adults and they were still in pain on day three is not a riot. It's not a proof that everyone on day three, or even little kids, is is really in serious condition. But nevertheless, it's a hint to the idea. Okay. So the story goes, the Rava, there was a fellow who came before Rava. And Rava says, I'm sure that what I'm saying is the correct shot. And he told them that, yeah, even though it's, um, even though it's Shabbos, you're allowed to do a rechitza in the normal fashion. You don't have to do, you could use a keli. Um, the only thing is on day three not, but on the first day you could. Sure enough, Soon afterwards, Ichlash Rava. Rava got ill. And he said, Ooh, why am I sick? It must be that something I did wrong. So Amri said, Why did I go and mix my brain in to what the elder generation, Rav Yudah, were the previous generation, Rabbi Baravua? They were like, from, you know, and he's like sort of like the young whippersnapper who argued on them. 
He said, I, maybe I shouldn't have mixed in and paskined against them. Um, you know, like I, that's why I got sick. That's why I don't feel well. So I'm related to Rabbana. So the Rabbana told the Rava. So the Rabbis told Rava, but I mean, you, it's not just, you're not wrong. The Bryson says it straight up, as, as you said. Okay? So I'm a so he says that's true. The Bryson does say it my way. But but the Mishnah still fits in better according to them. So I'm not like, you know, I'm like second guessing myself. Mimai, why is that the case? Where do you see in the Mishnah a little bit different than, than what Rav is saying? Midikama, Rebbe Lazar ben Azariah, Omer, Marchitzin, Esakotan. Rebbe Lazar ben Azariah said, Marchitzin, Esakotan, Biyom HaShlisha, on the third day, Shechalos B'Shabbos. Now, think about it. If the Tanakama never said Marchitzin, and only said Mizalfin, so Hainid the Kamalei Rebbe Lazar ben Azariah, Marchitzin. So Rebbe Lazar ben Azariah is done, no, no Mizalfin, just Marchitzin, even Marchitzin. He's saying Marchitzin instead of Mizalfin. He said, in other words, the rabbis, the, the Tanakama holds that only on, on day one you are allowed to do Marchitzin, like I say. And it's only on day three that they say you can't do it the regular way. So, hi, Rabbi Lazar ben Omar Marchitzin. Why would Rabbi Lazar should have said Marchitzin? That's not Marchitzin. Af Marchitzin Mipoyle. He should have said, no, you're wrong. Even on day three, you're also allowed to be market. Just like you see on day one, you're allowed to be allowed to wash regular. Even day three, also day three, also you're allowed to be market. That's how you should have said it. You don't just say marchitzin straight up. So if anything, it sounds not like from the Mishnah, not like my take. Now, when Rabdimi came in the name of Rablazar, he said, Allah Rablazbinazariya. That Talak actually follows for Blazab and Azariah, that in fact, your market's even on day three. So, do we mean washing, bathing the whole body of the baby who just had a Mila, or Chatzas Mila, or just the place of the Mila? So the rabbis said, Rabbi Yaakov Shemein, Rabbi Yaakov said it, it makes more sense that it would be washing the whole body. Why? Because if it was just Harchatz's Mila, Migar Michamin Al Gabi Maka. How is that any different than, uh, than, the hot, than, than putting hot water on a wound? Which you're actually allowed to do on every Shabbos. Damarav, Ein Mon and Chamin, Vishemim Al Gabi Maka Vishabbos. You could take out water and, or oil and put it on your wound. It's not considered medicinal, it's just like, you know, feels good, and that's fine. So mask of Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> We're talking about if you don't have hot water, you can actually put up hot water to bathe the child in hot water on Shabbos. We're not talking about stuff that was heated up from before Yomte, from before Shabbos. So mask of Rav Dimi, what do you mean? Who says that that's true? How do you know that anybody allows when it was heated to, to even heat it up on Shabbos? So maybe the whole machlokis is with we have already hot water on Shabbos. We're not talking about where we need to heat, heat new water on Shabbos. So Rabbi, so Rabbi says, I know by I wanted to jump in with an answer. 
And he said the answer right away. You know that it means even on Shabbos, if need be, because look at the words. He said the reason why is because it's a danger. When you're recognizing that there's actual danger at stake, so that means that it's even allowed to be done on Shabbos, obviously. Even if you, if you don't have any hot water, you heat up. Not a problem. It's a sakana. So there you go. It Menami, we have a support, same thing. Doesn't matter even if you have to eat it up on Shabbos. It's not just the makamila; it's the entire body. And the reason why it is because it's a danger if you don't wash the baby, and you're allowed to bathe the baby even on Shabbos, up to day three of the mila. Okay. Next thing, Gufa, we mentioned before, Amr Av, Rav had said earlier, we just quoted him, that uh, hot water and oil uh, you can put on the wound on Shabbos. Shmuel Amr, no sin chutz the maka, you don't put it on the wound directly, you put it outside the maka. So it shouldn't be muchach that you're doing it medicinally, because otherwise, Shmuel says that's too close drawing the line to taking medicine. Now, Mesve, we have a cash on this. Ain't no sinshem mechamen al gabi moch, litin al gabi maka bishabis. You can't put hot water and oil and hot water on a soft material to put it on the wound bishabis. Sounds like not like we're against Rav's opinion. So the Gemara says, also mishum schita, that's a different issue. The problem is that when you put it on the soft thing and you put it onto the wound, you come to squeeze it. That's the problem. Directly on the on the on the makam. On the area where the wound is, that's not a problem. Tashma kamenir proof. You're not let to put the hot water and oil on something soft, soft material that's on the wound on Shabbos. So I mean, you put it's already on the wound, and I'm just putting hot water on it. So the Gemara says, That's the same issue. There's still a question because you may come to to squeeze it. Tani kavasi the Shmuel. We have a brisa supporting Shmuel that it is an issue. That's how Shmuel says it. You don't put it directly on the wound, just right above it, let it drip down there to make a, a separation. Okay? Uh, you're allowed to put on the wound a dry, uh, dry soft material, the svog or and a, a sponge. Yavish, that's dry. Avalo gemi, but you can't put Gemi, which is some type of uh, um, other material, okay? Uh, or very or dry um, or, or dry cloth, and that you're not allowed to put on. So the Gemara says, Kashi ksisan ksisan. I don't understand what's the difference between that and the previous statement. I mean, you, you know, the Moch Yavesh is also ksisan in a sense. What's the difference? Uh, so, it depends if it's a new material or it's old material. If it's new material, Rashi says, that actually um, has a healing factor, and then it, it goes to the Isser of medication, basically, because um, it actually heals. The old one is not really healing, it's just protecting from getting worse. It's just like a cover so that it doesn't get scratched or something else, and that's the difference. Um, and, that's what, and that's what he says, that actually a band-aid, 
actually makes the the wound get better. Anyway, that's the, that's what it's saying. Uh, that this stuff actually has the power to heal. Anyway, we'll stop over here. We're going to continue with this tomorrow. See you more. Mirza Hashem. Some of you tomorrow morning. Some of you tomorrow afternoon. And everyone have a wonderful, wonderful good Shabbat Shavuot Tov.